0: Some tropes are just inherently naughtier. Um, they're more forbidden. And so that in itself is, you know, <laughs> can make the steamy scene sexier, that that element of off limits. But it doesn't have to be. And I'm, learn- I'm learning more and more that it doesn't have to be. Um, because I think when I, you know, when I try to write, when I tell myself, okay, this next book is going to be really sexy. Like you're going to market this as super sexy. Readers want something really sexy right now. I go to the forbidden, you know,
1: Hello and welcome to STEAM Scenes. I am El Greco and this is my podcast all about writing the Naughty Bits. Taryn Lex is today's guest. Taryn has written so many books, she's pretty much lost count. She said she's somewhere in the vicinity of 100, which is kind of mind-boggling. Taryn found her niche, or niche, I guess it depends on how you like to pronounce it, in short reads, which are stories that hit a seven to ten thousand word sweet spot. My wordy ass struggles with writing novellas. Never mind getting a full story with plenty of naughty bits into 10,000 words or less. Plus, I read a steamy bit from her book, her shorty, Wanted by the Hitman. This episode is brought to you by my own shorty, Vegas Wonderland. Uh, That's my new holiday novella prequel story for my LA Rockstar series, and it features fan favorite Vivian's origin story. It's available now on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, so if you're in a ho-ho holiday mood, head on over to the Zahn and grab a copy. Now, on to the interview. Taryn Lex is the mama of two boys, She's short like her stories, sweet like her favorite chocolate, and perpetually cold. She's a busy bee like you, so writing and reading short romance is her jam. She hopes each of her stories make you smile, make you makes you wonder, makes you hot. Most of all, she hopes you read The End, feeling ever inspired and optimistic. Happily ever after is guaranteed, which is what we're all here for. Welcome, Taryn, to Steam Scenes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much
0: for having me, Elle. I am so excited to be here. I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you because you
1: write. You have a lot of books. <laughs> you have a lot of books. Like, have you counted?
0: Well, I, I, I try. Yeah, I try to count. Um, and a lot of them are bundled because they're short stories, right? right. Um, so it's a lot. And I wanted to do. I, and this is just thinking ahead, but I wanted to do some kind of giveaway at the 100th book, and so I was like wondering, like, how close might I actually be to that already? And I think I'm getting close. Yeah. Um, so sometime this year, there'll be some kind of something.
1: Holy shit! Okay, okay. <laughs> celebrate
0: the 100th story.
1: How many? Okay, so how long? How long have you been writing? When did you publish your first book?
0: I published my first one. It was a little, it was a short novel. It was literary fiction. It wasn't really romance, although it was very, the love, it was a love story.
1: Okay.
0: Um, But for, you know, various reasons, I can't really call it a romance. Um, And that was, it was called After Henry by a different pen under a different pen name. And did I publish that? I want to say it was 2013 okay about nine years ago
1: okay did you do it were you were you were you independently published or did you go through the whole publisher record yes
0: I self-published that one and that was my one and only attempt like to go through the query letter process and find an agent okay and I didn't, I didn't have the uh, the endurance for that.
1: <laughs> I know, right? It is kind of like it. It is kind of like a ultra marathon, isn't it? Oh my goodness, it so is. And the preparation going into
0: it was mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I felt like I had all the pieces together, and I sent it out, and then I would get. I was happy to receive like requests for a partial manuscript or even the full manuscript. And every time, it was so exciting. <laughs> And I would tell people, you know, tell friends and family, oh, this, this person requested partial or full. And then they'd come back and say no. You know, oh. ultimately they'd say no. And I was like, oh, I, this is so emotional. I can't handle it. I'm it over is. it. I, I want to just write. I wanted to just get yeah. back to writing. So, um, I,
1: I think people don't really understand that the process of qu- just querying, whether you're querying agents or you're querying publishers to like end up in the slush pile, is like, a job yes like you and and you know especially with fiction like with nonfiction, it's a little bit looser you can sort of submit an outline and a proposal um but with fiction you have to submit a whole book yes and we're always being told it has to be publication ready before we submit so we've already put you know a lot of time and sometimes money you know to work with developmental people to get it publisher ready and I mean then not. and then you go through like it's just like you're running the gauntlet of query, 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 submit, submit, submit. And That's it funny. takes years.
0: Oh, yes. And I know um, like agents, when they do say yes, uh, most of the time they'll still want you to make major changes. Yeah. And then send it to the publisher, the publisher gets it, um, and they want you to make more changes. And I don't know about you, Elle, but when I am done writing a story, I am over it.
1: I barely rewrite. Like I go through my edits and all of that, but when I, you're right, when I'm done, I'm done. I don't yeah. want to look at it ever again. I am so <laughs> over it.
0: And you know, I was also I, I think around the time that I was getting these rejection letters, um, I was just kind of messing around with covers and things too. Okay, and found that I enjoyed that part. Like all of the other creative aspects of publishing, aside from just writing the story, like your your whole branding. Um, and all of your covers, I enjoyed that part so much that I was like, well, I'm just going to dive into this. Um, and now I don't want to give this up. If somebody else publishes me, they're going to want their own cover. They're going to have their own visual, you know, their own vision. Right, right. And I love the creative control. <laughs> um, so that has been, you know, I've really enjoyed that part of independently I, publishing.
1: I will say you're very good at it too. Your website is
0: fierce oh well thank you well you know who did that was miss lb alexander she is the creative genius behind the entire website and she did
1: your website she did the whole thing and she she updated she's amazing she is amazing yes she is amazing (laughs) She's been on the show twice we do instagram lives every month which by the way i think you might need to join us one time the Instagram lives? Yeah. I've never done that before. You guys do that? Yeah, we do it once a month. Oh. We try to do it once a month. Yeah, I think you should join us. How did I not know that? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we, we should like figure it. We usually do it like in, in an eve, on an evening time schedule, so I don't know if that works out cuz I know that you've got your your boys, but like it, it's super fun and like we just get on there for like an hour and like talk about like you know, like topics and themes like I like one time we talked about rejection, which is why I like this conversation it's really funny um, yeah. and, and sort of how to handle that. And yeah. um, and then last time we talked about author self-care because we had both written some pretty Ooh. heavy books and we were like, OK, like how do like what do we do to sort of like get out of that? Like yes. we've written these heavy books, and like you know, how, how do we how do we take care of ourselves when we're sort of putting our characters and by extension ourselves through these traumatic experiences? Yes. So, like, yeah, we have like all these like really big conversations. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, mean, I,
0: have, I have got to. I, I can go back and listen to that, right? If there. Oh yeah it's
1: it's on my it's on my page somewhere like it's say like it saves. I will find it. Okay, like yeah, they're super fun. So, <laughs> super nice um, so, so it sounds like you've been writing. Like it sounds like you've been like kind of like on a career path to be a writer.
0: I have. It's been a work in progress. Um, so, and I you know it took a while and it's still taking a while i'm still in the process of kind of finding my voice and i know that sounds so funny like you can write so many words um and put out so many books and still feel like i don't quite have it yet you know like my overarching you know i don't know (laughs) i don't know what i'm trying to say right there but i feel like i'm still finding myself as a writer
1: Okay. All right. Well, I think it's curious because you wrote like literary fiction. And then wow. so at what point were you like, I'm um, all in on steamy romance, right? Like was where was that transition?
0: Yeah. Romance is marketable. So I'll just be straightforward about that. Right. Literary fiction is hard to sell. It is hard um, to sell. <laughs> it's hard to sell. And I never... You know, I've always written little stories and things growing up. I've always really loved to write and poems and things, and I always wanted to write a book. And I thought in my life I would write one book, and that would be my big achievement, Um, which is a really big achievement. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I, I have, you know, I never really knew. I wasn't settled on exactly what I wanted to write, and I'd never been settled on exactly what I enjoyed reading. Oh, okay. I have read, you know, I like to read all kinds of things. And growing up, I wasn't really a reader of romance, um, you know, of contemporary romance or in the traditional sense. Romance in the traditional sense. I always like when there's a love story.
1: Right. Um, but, you know, but you weren't like digging out harlequins, like digging through no. like through your mom's heart or whatever, right? Like it, that wasn't what you were doing.
0: No, not at all. I don't think I even knew what the word harlequin meant until I was like, until after I'd self published my first book. Um I was just not in touch with romance or really the industry at all. Okay. Even though I enjoyed writing.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, as I, you know, I I edit novels and other kinds of things. And she's so really as I kind of met authors she's and talked really to- good. <laughs> <laughs> You're <know, she's> too kind. <laughs> That's really how I got into, like, the industry. Um, And so I just kind of organically developed this, you know, circle of authors, this little network of authors. And romance authors became really drawn to me for whatever reason. Um, And so as I was reading, that's how I started really reading romance, is I was editing romance. Um, And then... My authors would say, "Hey, you should, you know, you should try." I was like, "Okay, (laughs) sure, I'll give
1: it a shot.
0: Yeah, I'll (laughs) give it a shot." And my first, I think I did a little twelve thousand word story, and it was so bad, (laughs) so bad. And I sent it to one of my authors that I edited for because we'd become close friends, and she was like, "This is so bad."
1: (laughs) Okay, so why? Okay, what? Why was it bad? Let's unpack this a little bit. What? Why did you? Why do you think it was bad? My, you know, the beats were all off and the
0: motivation okay. and even now my biggest, the hardest thing for me is having a really strong motivation. Um, one that isn't, you know, it's not flimsy. It's not like a reason, but not really a good reason right. um, for the characters to do the things that they do and make the decisions that they make and fall in love for the okay. reason they fall in love.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so I really needed to work on that. Um, I think the steamy scene at the end was actually pretty good. I think that was decent. Because um, to me, that's more, um, I can kind of let out the, like, more poetic side of me. Um, and when I try to let that out during dialogue, you know, other scenes in the story, it's very purpley. Um, oh. <laughs> and it's not, it just doesn't sound like contemporary romance. Um, and it's not as snappy. Um, I feel like I've gotten better. I know that I've gotten better at writing snappier dialogue and snappier musing. Um, but my favorite part of the whole, you know, the whole story, whether it's a full length book or anything, are always steamy scenes. Um, really? There's fear, not just because they're naughty. Sometimes that part is, of course, that part is always fun. Um, but you can really connect with emotions more in those scenes, and really go deeper. And really, you should have a lot of character development in those steamy scenes. Um, even like character actualization. Um, I, not that that always happens in real life, but sometimes it does. Yeah. <laughs> During yeah. life's steamy moments.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. you know, it's so funny, because I, I taught a, a class in teaching non-writers like not 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 non-writers non-romance writers I should say yeah. um about how to write and it was amazing and you know I will be doing more of them um yeah. and and it was really cool because they're to have that sort of conversation because I think a lot of people who don't regularly read romance the romance genre or, are on, or looking at it and maybe only reading erotica and even then the, the argument can be made that there is a lot going on in, in yeah. those scenes within erotica as well. Um, I think that they just look at it as smut and yeah. I think that we kind of, as maybe maybe it's a marketing problem, right? Like romance authors kind of embrace it and giggle and laugh and say, you know, we're, you know, we're smut writers, ha ha ha. Sure. Yeah. But like there's actually a lot going on underneath the smut that yeah. drives that story forward. Yes. And if there's not, there's a problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's erotica. Um. <laughs> yeah, and even then though, sometimes with erotica you can there there's still an undercurrent. There's a driver underneath. Well I guess with really good erotica, there is some sort yeah, of like preferably. underneath. Yeah. 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 So so it's not really just smut for smut's sake, you know?
0: Yeah. And a few of the you know, it's fun to have that flexibility where you can have some
1: scenes that are smut for smut's sake. Um right, but even you know, when, when it's you smut for romance. Right. But even when it's like smut for smut's sake, don't you feel like there's there's still like a driver, like, okay, so why are these characters like what is it that's driving them together to have the smut moment, right? Like, Absolutely. You know, like I don't know. It's just that there are a lot of layers there. <laughs> oh gosh, so many. And I was thinking about this too. It
0: can be so dependent on the trope. Um, you know, what makes the steamy scene sexier, um, you know, how many steamy interactions you might have um, can be so based on the trope that you're working with. Right. Um, And what makes it, you know, some tropes are just inherently naughtier. Um, They're more forbidden. And so that in itself is, you know, (laughs) can make the steamy scene sexier. That that element of off limits right. but it doesn't have to be and I'm learn, I'm learning more and more that it doesn't have to be um, because I think when I you know when I try to write when I tell myself okay this next book is going to be really sexy like you're going to market this as super sexy readers want something really sexy right now I go to the forbidden you know forbidden tropes
1: like stepbrother or like ooh a- that's really forbidden oh. <laughs> That two step I don't yeah. know that. I don't. They don't feel all that sexy right to me though. <laughs>
0: um. Yes, of course that. But also, actually, I haven't written a stepbrother yet. What? Maybe I will. I maybe I will. Um. But even like brothers, best friend. Um. Or best friends, brother those kinds. Or, um, I have written a dad's best friend. The, oh, the May, December thing is definitely a weakness of mine to read and thus I enjoy writing it. Okay. Um, so those are a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> so, so you, I guess like, cause there's the taboo tropes, which, you know, I mean, do you have a favorite? Mm-hmm. I guess it would to be Daddy's, read. Best, uh, Daddy's Best Friend or, well, to uh, read and to write.
0: Um, So Dad's Best Friend, my favorite book, my favorite romance ever, I'll tell you, is Torn by Carrie Ann Cole. It's a full-length okay. novel. And right. that is A Dad's Best Friend. And I went into that one thinking, this is going to be, you know, I'm just reading this for like research purposes. Like I need to diversify my romance reading. Um, and I loved it. I was crazy about it. Um, It was so, so sexy and so sweet, Um, like so just inappropriately sweet, (laughs) and I absolutely loved it, and so I did take a stab at writing my first um, best friend's dad, and I felt like writing one, like I kind of got it out of my system, like I wasn't sure what other angles to I could approach that same trope from again. It wasn't one that I felt like I... Was inclined to write a lot of. Okay. Right now, I am actually wrapping up. It's due to my editor today. Um, And it is a best friend's dad. Mm. And so that's one that I've never, I see them around. I've seen them more and more. And so that's one that I've never attempted before. And I have really, really enjoyed writing it.
1: Really? Um,
0: Yes. So that has also been a lot of fun.
1: Oh, My I favorite, favorite
0: I... though, my kind of go-to is Friends to Lovers. Um, that's my favorite, too. I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> and Enemies to Lovers, too. Like, th- those two interchangeably. Like, I can go either way. Yeah. They enemies really... to
0: Lovers, I struggle writing. I love to read it. Um, I struggle writing because I struggle with making two people have a good reason to dislike each other.
1: Oh, and sometimes be there able... is no good reason.
0: Yeah. And then be able to turn that around so that they they are worthy of each other. I struggle writing that, um, but I love to read it.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I I absolutely love Enemies to Lovers, but you're right. I mean, it is kind of tricky because I've found, because I think I've written two that were Enemies to lovers Okay, I mean, I think that's kind of my problem. Like, I pick a trope, but I don't entirely stay in the lane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of swerve out. So it's kind of because people are like, what's your tropes? And I'm like, well, it's kind of this, mm-hmm. but it's kind of that. So I think that that's why, you know, I haven't gained as much traction as I would like. But that's okay. That's just how I write. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do think that there, are there. They've definitely had some very um, impassioned readers who sort of fall on one side of or the other in terms of like, he was such a jerk. How could she get back together with him or Mm -hmm. or get together with him? Or like the flip side is like, she was a bitch capital B and, Mm -hmm. and Vince deserves better, you know? And it was, you know, cause, because of that push pull between, between them as, you know, as the sort of enemies to lovers thing goes on, you know? So
0: Like, can they be good enough enemies and we can still turn that around and make them, you know, redeemable, worthy of each other. Uh, it's hard to do with both characters in one book.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think I cheated a little bit, maybe because, like, just thinking about it, there's always going to be one that maybe is a doesn't see the other so much as an enemy, right? So there's always somebody yeah. who's a little bit who's who's a little bit more. Maybe I don't know. Maybe their heart beats a little faster when the other person's around, and yeah. they're hiding it
0: yeah through that
1: sort of guise of i hate you yeah but in reality like and so and so they're well they both are doing that but then there's one of them that's maybe a little bit softer and not as militant and sort of acting out right yeah so that i think that does soften it a little bit
0: oh yeah yeah
1: makes it a little (laughs) bit easier but again that's probably a cheat (laughs) 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 so if your the first romance novel that you read was a, 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 a book you were editing, like what do you remember what it was? Well,
0: actually, <clears throat> you mentioned Stepbrother, but this is probably worse. The first romance that I ever read was in ninth grade. I was going to a very conservative private school, and my mom took me to a library, and I found Flowers in the Attic. Oh. I mm-hmm. DC Andrews. That's a taboo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, I love. I was fourteen, so- and she read it. She knew what it was, and you know, it was fine. As I, you know, I'm reading this book on the school bus to this, you know, every morning and after school to and from this conservative private school, and then I realize, you know, then it, it kind of comes to light what it's about. What you know. <laughs> <laughs> um and that was my favorite ever and I ended up reading the entire series and like all the pre um you know the oh my gosh I can't think of that word before the story before it starts the Not a prologue the prequel yeah all the prequels and sequels and everything the whole thing um and it just becomes this huge entangled web of inappropriateness and it's just awesome. I loved it so much.
1: Um, I've never read beyond um, Flowers in the Attic.
0: Oh, the whole thing
1: is so good. Really? I love it.
0: Yeah. Actually, I think it was the second or third book that I liked even better. Really? Because it was the end, you know, kind of the ending, the last act of Flowers in the Attic is kind of how it started. (laughs) You know, how the next book begins. Huh. And the one after that. So, I just, I was all about it. And I became more, that's when I started. And I think every reader of romance has this moment of like sneak reading.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: And so that was my age of like sneak reading when I was 15, 16, Um, like, Flowers in the attic, okay, some people knew that I was reading that, but then that I was so absorbed in the <laughs> <other> one, <laughs> we kept going, yeah, and I wanted to talk about it so bad, and I couldn't to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just it's such a fun, guilty pleasure, you know oh. when you're young. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so- <sighs> We, now we have Kindles and
1: things, so I know you can it's kind of hide it, it yeah. like you know what I mean. Yeah, you can totally, <laughs> you can totally hide, hide you're reading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I will say that, like for for um, Fifty Shades of Grey, because I was in New York at the time that that book came out, and I just remember getting on the subway and like everybody had it out. Like yeah. everybody was just, and I think that was sort of the turning point of like yes. that sort of de-shame, which is so weird that that was the book that de shamified like that sort of stigma You know, of, of you're so romance.
0: right. And I never really thought about that, but I had been riding the train. I worked uh, downtown Dallas um, and I had been riding the train to and from work during that time. And that was one of the books that people just had out and were reading. Yep. And it was no big deal. You yep. know, it was like, this is what I want to read right now.
1: Yep. Um, yep
0: so no judgment um (laughs) and i didn't even know what it was about for a while i just seen the cover over and over and over again um that i was intrigued
1: (laughs) yeah it's so funny i at the time that it came out and this was sort of this very sort of fascinating like side note to like my career in new york at kind of around the time it came out i ended up working on this solo show That was based on a memoir of a dancer with the New York City Ballet who met, uh, who fell in love with a man who, and I think he might have been a fellow dancer or like a choreographer and it was never really like clear who he was, like he was kind of like a very mysterious figure. And it was sort of like about her erotic awakening with anal sex. Oh. And she turned it into a solo show, and it, and I was working on the project in New York, and it was around the time of Fifty Shades of Grey, and because it was so taboo, and there was also sort of, like, moments of bondage in it and stuff like that, and sure. she was, uh, you know, she was a former New York City ballet dancer, she was hooked up to the media, so it got a lot of press coverage, and it was super wild, because it was wow. like, that's the butt sex play. And yeah. so- <laughs> And I often wonder because it did come out around, you know, and, and the book was before Fifty Shades, but it still was sort of like moving into that taboo territory that Fifty Shades did. And the memoir came out, you know, well before Fifty Shades do, but it did. But it gave it like this new lease on life. Right. Like it yeah. gave it like this whole new. It was absolutely hilarious to be like working on this project and you know, there was like a very cheeky, huh, huh, pardon my pardon yeah. big story in the Daily News about it, and you know, it was pretty wild. What
0: but, an experience! That's yeah. a
1: cool opportunity
0: for you to be able to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, it was kind of nuts. It yeah. was, it was absolutely yeah. hilarious. But yeah, <laughs> but it was, but you know, I just it, at that time there was sort of like a lot, like there was a lot more openness there. Uh, unfortunately, pendulum swinging back the other way right now. Um, as of today, I
0: know. And I was so, you know, I opened up my stuff and I was just like, wait, what?
1: Yeah. 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 The news alert started coming in and I was like, what the fuck is going on in this world? And it
0: just seemed like one of those things, you know, there are those, these things in life that you feel like that is unchangeable. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was one of those things.
1: I know that was sort of
0: like that is a that is our existence. It's our reality. It's the way it is, and then it's not. Yeah, it just gets taken away. And the implications. I just, I, uh, I guess we'll see
1: and learn. It's gonna snowball. I really do. I, I mean, like because you know, I feel like after a ruling like this, like I kind of feel like they're gonna be empowered to pick something else they don't like, right? That they don't, yeah. you know, morally agree with or what, you know right. what I mean? Because their religion says, so my religion says something completely different. Yeah. You know, so stop. Yeah, but, so it just is. It, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. It is a really slippery slope. Yeah. And one where we're probably not going to be able to read Fifty Shades of Grey on the train anymore, right? Like, it kind of feels like we're headed you in know? that direction. Yeah. Kind you
0: know? of, yeah. Um... Oh
1: gosh, what is that? What is that book is that was a show? Oh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are moving into Margaret Atwood territory. I you know. know. I know. I know. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. So, so we should talk about sex while we still can.
0: Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Mind> about it. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, so you write, and this is fascinating to me because you, your first romance novel that you said was terrible, which I don't quite believe. Um, <laughs> Or not? Not you know your first romance bit of writing, yeah, twelve thousand words. You, have you always written short?
0: So I have under another pen name, it's Michelle Morgan. I wrote a novel. It was my first romance novel, work in progress. Um, and so that is a full length novel. Oh, I love the title. It, it is a bag of tropes. It is all the tropes. <laughs> Every. <Everything. laughs> How many trips can lot. I fit in one book? <laughs> a lot, a lot. And I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I I had so, it was one of those things, you know, you write your first novel, like real novel. Yeah. And at that point, I had had so many A, life experiences, um, B, romance novels that I'd read because I read voraciously now in my free time and because I edit, it's my job. I literally have to, um, that I just had so many things that I wanted to get in one story. Um, so, and I, I am happy with the novel. It's not perfect. Um, could I go back and revise it? Could I make two or three different novels out of it? maybe, but like we were saying in the beginning, when you're over it, you're just, you're done. You're done. Um, I am done with that one. And it was a very, I was honestly reliving multiple like real life encounters, you know, real life, almost relationships, you know, the ones that got away. Um, And that, uh, even if you're not really in that state of mind in real life anymore, when you force yourself to go into that state of mind for the sake of literary you know uh, for the sake of fiction and your craft it is so exhausting and so draining and so emotional Mm -hmm. it just takes so much out of you so by the time I was done writing it I was done and I did go back and heavily heavily revise portions of it to where I would be happy with it because it's also um it's a reflection of I had been well established as an editor by the time I published that so it could not suck it literally could not um and I, I also published it because I felt like as an editor, it would help give me some credibility if I had my own books, um, if I was able to like actually do it also.
1: Um, yeah, but you do it, uh, but just in a short form. I, I, that, that's why I'm kind of, this, <laughs> this is like a little imposter syndrome creeping in.
0: Oh gosh, I am I have that big time.
1: Me too. So oh, like, gosh. and, and yeah. that's why I'm a little surprised because <laughs> that's I'm like, how you can identify but it. But you're so good. Like I'm just like, but you're so good. How do you not know how good you are? Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That and that one was a full length. I forget if it was like eighty thousand words or something. So it was okay. a book. Um, it was a book. Yeah. And there is no feeling quite like getting that first shipment of your books, like with a cover, and yeah. everything and formatted and all the stuff with like an ISBN number. Um, and it having some weight, like it had some weight to it. And yeah. I was like oh like literally, and I wrote, it and it. I flipped yeah. through the pages. I can't even tell you how many times, like, I wrote all those words, like all that ink. Like, I wrote. That, was that. my ink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just very, very, it's such a cool feeling. And then after that, I did two um, novellas, longer novellas under the same pen name. Okay. One of them is No Turning Back. And that one is actually a, heavily revised version of that first 12,000 word romance I was telling you about. Oh,
1: fun. Yeah, because
0: I cannot waste words. I was like, I there are some little gems in there and I want to just self-edit the heck out of it. It'd been like 5 years anyway since I had done that first draft. So, I had been over it and then I was like, well, we can get back into this. Okay. It's been 5 years. <laughs> we can into <revisit laughs> this now. That's well. like the amount of time it takes. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. And as I was kind of gaining a little traction with that pen name, um, one of my authors in that same like little networking, you know, that little group of really friends that I'd developed, um, they saw the opportunity in short stories, mm. and they saw that this was these were moving. These were marketable. People were actually reading short stories and they didn't require, you know, the short story does not require the amount of emotional involvement because it's just a few encounters, you know, you're just getting right to it. Um, So, and they don't take long, especially once you are practiced, you know, once you, you know how a story develops, how to write a story, what makes a good story. To write a shorter one in some ways it is harder um but once you get that rhythm down then you just bust them out
1: because okay. <laughs> so. yeah, I was gonna say like from like I can't write short like I struggle like I'm just like I-, I don't know how you do it like because I've tried I've tried to write well I did write a novella. That was supposed to be a short, well, it was supposed to be a short story for an anthology that a friend of mine was putting out that I, as a Kickstarter bonus. And I was like, and, and he asked me to be, if I would include something, I said, yeah, sure. And I was thinking, you know, what, five, 10,000 words, no problem. I'll just bang this sucker out 30,000 words later. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I just increased your printing costs. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, happens. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't, I, I guess I can't, like, I guess I don't know how to write short.
0: It's, um, I had to practice for sure. And the first one was really short and snappy. And I think it was like 7,000 words, which was actually perfect. Um, And then I started, you know, putting a little more into it and a little more. And then they kind of blew up to like 15,000 words. Um, And I was like, well, now these are too long. (laughs) <laughs> um, I go backward and try to write something you know 7,000 words sometimes 6,500 words 5,000 words oh it can be so tricky and I yeah. tend to write like a really long first chapter it's like the first chapter of a novel and then I look back and say okay there's half your word count this is supposed to be six chapters so <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> let's scale it back um and sometimes I have to with the short stories especially and knowing that these readers of short stories want to be able to read them in an hour or less okay um sometimes I do delete just to make it shorter and it all it kills me every time so Um, okay
1: (laughs) wow okay so I'm curious is there like a lot of insta love or do you always have to have some sort of a like they, are, they know each other already set up because I know insta-love can also be tricky for some people, although I, for one, give me a good insta-love and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, I know some people just absolutely loathe it. I just find it completely intriguing and I completely believe that you can fall in love in first, at first sight. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally all over it. So I'm just kind of curious because how do you establish the connect? Because th- this is not erotica. Like, I think that this is right. like really important. Like, this is not yep. erotica. So you have... Right. A journey that you have to take these characters on. Yeah. A romantic love journey in 6,000 words or less. Yeah. (laughs)
0: I'm like, like, how the fuck do you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really witty dialogue, which um, I have had to really practice that because there is not a lot, there's really hardly any room for deep introspection. And that has always been. What I've written, you know, since childhood, writing little right. journal entries, it's always very emotional. Like, nobody really wants to read that, though. Um, they really want to read, like, the interactions, um, action.
1: They want the action. Uh, yes.
0: Or literary fiction would be, you know, the top selling genre, but it's not. Um, rom-com does really well. Funny. Um, funny romance, funny banter. It's why Enemies to Lovers does so well, because right. um, there's a lot of fun banter Um, So I've had to really, really work on that. And that in itself, just having a few exchanges where you can feel the chemistry, Mm. I think that helps a lot. Um, Insta-love, like pure insta-love is also very, you know, there's this central belief of like fate um, that... When, you know, when things are faded. And I think that's why shifters do really well.
1: Right. um, In the the short
0: story category. Yeah. Like this is, it was meant to be, it was destined and we can both feel it. And there's always this element of this is, I'm not usually like this. This is Mm. so unlike me. To have these strong feelings so quickly is so unlike me. Both characters kind of have that, you know, so that we don't think they're just kind of crazy. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And in real life, these stories would be crazy, you know, to fall in love and get engaged, you know, to say I love you as quickly as they do um, and get engaged and get married and have all the babies as quickly as they do. Um, I would look at my friends and say, you're insane. <laughs> <That's a little laughs> problem, And, espe- you know, almost especially if it's so unlike them <laughs> to be that way, you know, I'd be like, what have you right, thinking I'm right. doing? What's going on? You're having a. Quarter life crisis. Um, So um, I, you know, and I I do honestly kind of struggle with the insta-love, especially writing insta-love over and over again. Right. Um, So I cheat. I cheat by doing um, friends to lovers. Okay. They already have a history. Okay. Um, But it's still kind of insta-love because they realize their love very quickly, very all of a sudden. Okay. Um, Or... You know, like a, a brother's best friend or best friend's brother, there is a history there. Second right. Chance is one of my favorite to write. Right. Um, my readers aren't crazy about it. There are a lot of readers who really love Second Chance, and there are a lot of readers of short stories that love Second Chance. I don't know why I have like found this readership that gets mad at me every time I write a second. Oh, Chance. no. Send me the emails, oh. and I'm like, hey, the number one book in this category is second chance. Why am I not allowed? Like, why won't you let me? I like writing it.
1: <laughs> so. Oh, that's so funny. So you, <laughs> it sounds like you listen, like it sounds like you are really listening to your readers and what they want and not necessarily writing. Right. You know, you're not, I mean, I hate to say you're not writing the story you want to write because every story is the one we want to write, but yeah. you are factoring in very heavily your reader preferences
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I've found that I have to make every story the one that I want to write.
1: Yeah,
0: If it's not the trope that is calling me, but it's what my readers are asking for, I have to make it. I have to kind of look at it from the, the best angle that I am going to enjoy writing it. And okay. I will say that out of, let's just say 100 short stories, 20 of them have been like I just so loved writing them. I loved the, you know, it was like, I felt so good and just, I felt really good about the quality and it was so fun and it's exactly what I wanted to write. Um, and they don't always, they're not always as well received as the ones that I am kind of writing for the readers. Okay. Um, and so I'm trying, I'm working toward finding a balance because if you're constantly writing for money, sales, rank, readers, other people, other reasons besides your muse, you know, satisfying right. your muse, you get burnt out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you really get burnt out. And then it's hard. So I I did face a bit of burnout. And I feel like I'm just finally coming out of it after like six or seven months. Um, and so finally coming out of it, I feel like I I have to write for me or I'm going to stop writing yeah. um, because it's just too... It's too difficult, so I do send surveys with my newsletter. Oh and I wow! Say, what do you what do you want to read next? Um, and sometimes it's trope. Do you want more friends to lovers? That's always the number one.
1: Um, is it? That's that's the one. That's oh yes, okay. uh, almost right. overwhelmingly.
0: Um okay. So I am not that I'm getting really burnt out on friends to lovers because I actually really love writing that. Yeah. Um, there are others that you know, insta love, pure insta love is you know, takes me the most time and I have to really, it's that motivation thing. I'm like, okay, what are their reasons for falling in love this fast? They are crazy people.
1: But are the readers even asking for that? Cause my, like my uh, experience with the readers is they're like, no insta-love, none.
0: Yeah. Really? Well in the short story market, yeah, they want insta-love. They want the insta-love. They do. And I, you know, I don't know if they, I'm still figuring them out. They're
1: a quirky bunch. Um, I'm still figuring out these readers. <laughs> I would, well, is there a crossover between the, the short reads and the long? Like, is there, I would imagine, because like, there's usually a huge Like, I found, you know, one thing I was worried about because writing, you know, a, a series in Rockstar and then doing a new series in Small Town, I was sort of like, eh, yeah. is this going to be a bad idea? But it seems to be like there's a real crossover between different, like, I don't know, they're not exactly tropes. They're more like, genres within the genre right yeah um but are you not seeing that with the short reads readers
0: i am not seeing that they want full-length novels um i think they they seem to be kind of trending toward here lately i'd say in the past six to twelve months they are trending toward longer short reads um <laughs> so, like they can read it in two hours so like okay. 20, words okay I can write 6,000 words and I can write 60,000 words, but ask me to write 20,000 words and I don't know what, I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's really funny.
0: <laughs> it's just a different, you know, it's different beats. It's a yeah. different rhythm. Yeah. There, um, there are
1: different beats there. Yeah.
0: I have to like add a couple of scenes, you know, I just have to add a few scenes and one of them, one or two of them is just going to be an extra steamy scene. Um, but I, that's not the way I've been plotting for the, last two and a half years. Right. Um, so I, that's another, I'm kind of at a crossroads of, do I want to write longer short stories? Um, huh. I don't want to write full length novels. I have a lot going on. I don't want to invest so much, you know, not just time, but emotion. Yeah. Thought. Yeah. Um, it takes a quite a bit more brain power.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. still have
0: editing. So I think writing, going to write full length would be, you know, tricky. And I like, I like publishing frequently. I like coming up with a new cover and a new blurb and doing new social media posts and just being excited yeah. about a new release all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm intrigued by this idea of publishing because I, the frequency is kind of what really intrigues me and interests me about it is the ability wow. to do like 6,000 words. I could do a book a week. Yeah or every other week let's yeah. call it cause I but don't then
0: market it and send your newsletter and do the cover and cor- you know, correspond with all the people that are involved and it right. it's a lot it's a full time job
1: it is a full time job so yeah. I can completely understand where you're just like or I don't want to throw like a full length on top of that oh yeah yeah which is a whole different you know you're not in that constant churn of the the book covers and the marketing And the, although you are always yeah. marketing always yeah. be marketing um, but it's not the churn, right? And so, right. but, but you still, but there's still that deep pause between releases. And I don't know how some writers can just do the rapid release, even at full length. Like that to oh, me they do. Like, I can't do it. I can't write a book a month. Yeah. Mom and
0: again. they want me to edit those
1: books. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God, really?
0: Oh yes. I have, I have authors with, with on the editing side of my work. Um, I have authors ready. I'll be, it's a full length novel. I'll be editing Let's say we do two or three rounds of edits, um, and by the time I'm halfway done with the second round of edits, they're wrapping up their next the draft of their next book, and then I send them back the final edit, and it's like they reply with the next book, and it's so fast, and they just bust them out. How long are they, how I, that long are they? I find so very, and they're good, you know. Yeah. And every time I think you wrote this in 20 days, like how
1: how much editing is this going to need? <laughs> What what word count are they submitting at?
0: 100,000 words. Are you kidding me? There's one I'm working on now. It is 100,000 words. And she got it done start to finish as I was editing the first book. And and it's so good, Elle. It's so good. I'm like, how how are you doing this? And she's a mom and she has a job and a husband
1: and they're a lot of work. I'm like, how are you doing this? She does this as a parent with a full-time job and a and a, like and a husband.
0: Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> I think that's where the imposter syndrome comes in too, because as an editor, I work with so many, mostly women, right. and just very, very incredibly impressive women um, that are like doing it all. And every time we get on the phone, they're just so happy. <laughs> I'm like. How are you doing this? Oh, <laughs> how are you? Okay. Are you okay? You're okay. <laughs> I
1: know. How do you hold it together? Yes. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> one so. So, of the questions I had for you? Because you are writing in all these tropes and you do. And, and again, like, are they tr- Like, I always confuse like the trope versus like the, like, the sort of sub-genre, right? Like, it's not really a trope. It's more like a subgenre. I think so there's,
0: like, like, it's, like, a trope within a trope within a trope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you're writing, like, bodyguards, military MCs. Because because yeah. these books are shorter, do you feel like you don't... Because part of what stymies me is often I, I will end up doing, like, a load of research. Like,
0: I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with
1: writing a mafia story. Oh, this is I my would latest love recession. to one
0: day. Yes. And, I feel like it's out... Like, I'm underqualified.
1: Yes! Yes! and I'm And I'm, like... But I feel slightly more qualified because I'm like I was raised Italian. I can do this. Well, there you go. But... Oh, yeah. You know some of the words. I know some of the words. Um, I was probably called some of the words. Um, so, I, but, but but I feel like I feel, but I have like, but I have like a stack of mafia books now because I'm like I can't write this without diving into this research. And like I re- for a long time, I wanted to write an MC romance because I love reading them. I love reading them. Yeah. But I was just like, I just, I was like, I don't think that I can write this and ring true. Yeah. And, and so I'm just kind of curious, because it's shorter, do you need to, are, are you less worried about the research?
0: I'm absolutely less worried about the research. Okay. Um, my research, so when I first started doing firefighters, that, I knew that firefighters were really, really popular. And that is an evergreen they're always going to be popular. Um, And so I felt like I had to, that was one that I felt like I I have to be able to do this. And so I did so much research um, to kind of find out that like every, like the, you know, the sort of corporate, um, you know, like what is that word? What every, what the firefighters are called, (laughs) um, it's different from between departments and like the slang that they use do they really use those words you know and i i think i i did so much research that i was kind of bogged down by the research yeah um but i think that it being sort of front-loading that research carried me through like 20 firefighter books
1: holy shit
0: yeah so it's like okay if i'm gonna write something new maybe i'll do a week or two of research and that will carry me through all those books but i will give you a little tip um when it comes to firefighters, police department, even mafia, um, MC, motorcycle club, um, all it really is, the thing that the readers really, really love about all of them is the family. Right. Um, and it's why they love brothers. Um, mm-hmm. Brothers, you know, series, whatever brothers. Right. Harrison right. Brothers series. Um, because readers love, just like Small Town, how they love to read about Small Town, they love recurring characters. And they mm-hmm. love feeling comfortable in that world. Um, And that brotherhood is, there's something about that that is so sexy. Um, Mm. When a man has very close friends that are almost like brothers, um, and that they're loyal to, they would lay down their life for. um, And you know, they all know when they introduce a woman and she's she's the one, they all know. They all know to leave her alone. Stay away from this one. I claim her. She's mine. Um, and that's, it's the same sort of theme. It's the same feeling in Mafia and MC and all of them and firefighters.
1: Interesting. You know and, what? I've got this all wrong. Keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so write that one down. That's the best thing I said in this whole 50
1: minutes. No, it's not. But it's <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's so funny because I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong. I don't write brotherhoods. I write sisterhoods. It's all about my female. I love sisterhoods too. You know, I, I had kind
0: of a, not tumultuous, but I had a very unusual sort of child, like family life growing up. So all of that is, it's a little tricky for me because, Mm. um, I didn't grow up with like mom, dad, sister, brother the whole way through. Um, my family life looked different, sort of from year to year. like every five years it was kind of a little bit different. Um, and I, we didn't have I never had like a really tight-knit community
1: right. The right. small
0: town is really challenging for me. Um, but I found that you know i I have to read a lot of that, to get the feelings right um, and to see sort of what is similar between these books what do they all have in common and that sense of brotherhood that sense of family and familiarity yeah um I think that that is the thing that readers really love do they love that the mafia guys are like bad boys and they kind of do some nefarious things you know and that can vary you know the degree of intensity can certainly vary there um but generally if you get that you got them
1: Oh, that's Um, really good to know. That's really, really good to know. And I guess I'm going to have to start. Because I feel like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I don't know, you know, and and you having sort of, like, had a foot in literary fiction and then moved into, like, really tropey romance. Like, I kind of feel like I straddle women's fiction a bit more than I possibly, like, true romance writers want to read, right? Like, I feel like maybe that's where, you know, Marketing-wise, there's that could potentially be the problem. If that makes sense, I
0: don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think there's kind of an ebb and flow to that. I love romance. That is, you know, the woman is the main character. You know, you yeah. have your big H and little H. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: your heroine and your hero. But years ago, um, I was looking at the romance writers. Um, you know, RWA's real definition of romance. And they made it very, I think the opening line was like, the female is the lead character. This is
1: yeah. her This is her story, story. yeah. Of yeah. course,
0: now that's, you know, that's different with MM romance and, and FF romance and, you know, and <laughs> Minaj and everything. Um, but in a, you know, traditional romance... With big H and little H, it's her story. Right. And I try to remember that, too, because I can get caught up in like, oh, what is his backstory? What is his thing? What's his? And it's good to know those things. Sometimes, even if only as a writer, it's good to kind of tell yourself those things about your characters. But remembering that it's her story. And I think romance readers still, still like that.
1: All right, we should get into your steamy scene. We should. we should. So this is from Wanted by the Hitman, which, by the way, I bought because it's so Ooh. good. It's so good. Um, can you? Why did you pick this scene? Why? Why this scene in particular?
0: Um, this book, in general, was my absolute favorite. Was my absolute favorite to write um, because I was like, I have to write about a hitman. This is part of a multi-author series. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I had been doing short stories for a year and a half. And they were all kind of, um, you know, the process was, was the same. There wasn't a lot of veering from what I knew readers wanted and simply making them happy. Um, so this was my chance to just go balls to the walls. I was like, I'm gonna make this story absolutely nuts. I'm gonna make the sex nuts. Um, there's gonna be blood. <laughs> Um, And gore, a a little bit of gore And it's just going to be kind of crazy Um, And I just really, really enjoyed writing it And it was kind of a, it was a test too for readers um, Because I thought, well, let's just see If they hate it, okay, it's one book In somebody else's series (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I was like, well, you know If my tried and true readers like it Then maybe I can do more um more kind of edgy dark crazy you know off the wall stuff um so I chose that scene because it's so different uh when you write a hundred short stories a lot of your sex scenes are going to be really similar um so I didn't want to choose one of those I wanted to choose one that I really felt like I got a little crazy with um and had a lot of fun with
1: so this is about Laramie and Garen right? yes Garen and so this is sort of an interesting relationship too when we were talking about this sort of like forbidden because this yeah. is somebody um she Laramie and her dad lived next door to this hitman yeah who was Garen and he and her dad died yes and Garen kind of took her in when she was I guess underaged right yeah. like maybe 18 or 16 or something yeah. like that Mm-hmm. And so she ends up sort of like growing up under this guy. And and they have, when we meet them in the first chapter, because this is like, like I said, I have the book and I've been reading it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the very first chapter, and so I'm not giving anything away because it's in the first yeah. chapter and you can see it in the look inside, Um, He, They have this like weird physical relationship where they kind yes. of like masturbate to each other. And like, they, yes. right? Like it's sort of yeah. like this, this mm-hmm. sexual relationship without... Actually, getting sexual, which is super fascinating. Yes.
0: yes. And so it is, it was my way of, I knew my readers liked Friends to Lovers. Right. So I was like, well, it's Friends to Lovers. <laughs> That's the only thing that is like all the Taryn Lex books that you've read so far. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it was my kind of like morsel of goodwill, like, well, I'll make it Friends to Lovers.
1: Okay. And it, so I was like, this premise is like, Fascinating me, you know. Like, not only is it fascinating because it's a hitman, and I'm like, yeah. I'm down for this. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also this sort of the, the fact that they're like, they have this relationship, and it's this weird relationship where they're like, we can't touch each other. Yeah. But I'm gonna like you, like I see your dick, like you know what right. I mean, like, and it's and I've seen it a thousand times before, and I know how big yeah. you are, and I know you know, and there is this sort of like exchange between them, and I'm like. What an odd and fascinating relationship. Yes.
0: Yeah. I I will reiterate, and you did say it that uh, just for people listening that that
1: she is of age. She is of age. That yes, yes. She's, <laughs> she's twenty. She's twenty. She's yes. twenty. Yeah, yeah. The youth is younger, <laughs> but now she is of age. She's twenty years old, yeah. and this is all okay. It's
0: all okay. It's Everything all that okay. happens is okay.
1: Nothing gross. <laughs> all okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to start this now. Okay. So what has happened? Um, just to give you guys a little bit of a setup, is Garen has been through something. He got his ass kicked. I don't think he's been shot, right? I don't remember. Okay, well, he's not. He's all bloodied <laughs> up, like, but not so much where we're like, oh shit, we got to go to the ER right now, dude. Or you're gonna oh, die. Oh
0: yeah, he he gets yeah he gets punished. It's just, it's yeah
1: okay um and so he is um and and he needs help. In the shower, and this is—I don't know—is this a trope too? Because I love this trope. The shower in general. Well, no, the guy, the guy need like, like, because there was a, a male male romance author a while ago that I had yeah. on here, and she gave me a scene where, like, so the 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 two heroes, like, one needed help in the bathroom because he had broken his yeah. leg or something like that, and there was this yeah. tender, like, this just this real sense of helplessness from like the alpha that's usually yeah. not doesn't have that helplessness and needs that, and and it's always like just this sort of like very romantic sort of switch for me i enjoy reading it so
0: oh yeah it's definitely a good way to get two characters together physically yeah like you physically have to help you have to touch me right now um i have to undress partially
1: or fully um and so it's definitely a device yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So now they've gotten, so he needs her help in the shower. They've got their clothes off uh, or they're getting to the point of clothes off. They're, they're sort of like in this very intimate, tight, sexually charged moment and they're starting to give in. Yeah. Okay. Get ready. Earphones in, guys. Earphones in. Okay. (laughs) Laramie whirls herself around slow. She slides off her jeans in an unmistakably soaked pair of panties. I devour the sight of her perfect little asshole as she bends over. I can already smell her ripe arousal pooling at her slit, and I greedily inhale it deep, into my, deep in my lungs. I'll need, you to get in, in, I'll need to get in there with you, right? She flirts. I need to get in there. Whatever, you're a tease. Sorry, I know, I reply, my chest immediately becoming a wellspring of intense regret. Laramie pulls back the shower curtain and steps into the spray of water, offering her hand. I take it and let her guide me into the tub. She draws me to her. Christ, her body is so soft, so supple. She's like the view driving along the Pacific Coast Highway, sunshine orange hair, shimmering ocean blue eyes, curves for days. I unfurl a growl as I graze her wet skin with my fingertips, knowing it may be the last time she ever lets me touch her this way. It isn't everything, but I know I have already taken too much. You don't get to kill and get something precious like this too tell that to my heart. on as pearls have come sp- spill from the tip and i pull on it hard letting the slick underside smack off my abs do you have to do that with me in here laramie protests she bites on her lip it's because you're in here she pretends not to hear that she cleanses me gently with liquid soap i wince where it's tender you're okay Lar- laramie soothes these gashes really aren't as deep as they look she lies for her sake, more than mine. I'm fine, just keep doing this, keep doing that. I need this, I need her touch, her whispers of affection. I need to just hold her, everything. I need her. My body feels weak, my mind is like a torture chamber. I've kept my guard up around her mostly for four years. I can indulge in this single moment. As soon as it's over, I'll regain control, I have to. What I loved about this moment was this really great juxtaposition between him being sexually aroused and him being intimately aroused.
0: Yeah. And almost needy. Yes. Needy and greedy.
1: Needy and greedy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I mean, like you know, we missed it like in the beginning, but you know, there is a little bit more of like, you know, his, his language. And again, like this is sort of, the way men speak versus the way women speak in these situations. And it's a little bit more guttural. It's a little bit more harsh, yeah. you know? And he is kind of like, you know, he, you know, uh, like his cock pointed right at those plump lips. I'd love to see nothing more to see wrapped around. It. It's a little coarse, yeah. you know? And then, but then like, as, as we're moving through that coarseness and they're getting closer and closer, he starts to get like, he really like the, the feelings are starting to come out.
0: Yeah. And that's the character development that I, I believe really needs to happen during every steamy scene, um, yeah. whether it's just marginal character development or a lot or full on epiphanies. Um, but I also personally love to see and love to write um, these really tough, gruff, grumbly men <laughs> um, that are just so soft and buttery on the inside, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and even if that. And, and that can come out during a really intimate moment, um, even if there's a little bit of back and forth, and their their language might be more coarse, but their thoughts are um, very, very tender and sweet, um, yeah. even if it's in their own way, um, which is you know what I what I personally love about reading and writing romance um, is having that that compliment. Um, somebody that feel you know a hero that feels very strong and in control and capable and level headed, mm. kind of lose it a little bit for this woman, and that is what gives her the control. Um, and her the sort of the power is that she's able to bring down this force.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. So that's how that sort of power dynamic is going to be shifted a bit, a bit, right? Like.
0: Oh, that's one of my favorite power dynamics to kind of play with and to read. It gets me every time. And I see it coming and I'm like, oh, yes, you did it.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a really great way of looking at it, because like for me, I like I tend to write more gruff and grumbly women than I do. And he's got to butter her up, you know, I mean, like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, and I've, and I've definitely struggled to like write the alpha male, which is also why I think I've shied away from MC cause I'm like, I don't think I could write a guy like that. Yeah. And, and it's also keeping me a little bit away from mafia. Of course, like I'm thinking about other ways to do it, but yeah. you know, so I'm kind of fascinated by this and I'm like, I, I feel like I might need to push myself out of my comfort zone with that a little bit, you know? And I love the yeah. way of thinking about that. It, yeah. It, you know, just again, like you were talking about, like you have to like kind of shift your perspective a little bit and see yeah. where your voice fits. when you're writing a bit more to market right which is cool absolutely okay i'm gonna just keep going okay she works (laughs) her fingers through my hair careful not to abrade the scalp you're good at this i husk out you ever get tired of being of being coffee girl you could be nurse laramie harper hmm she makes a sound of interest can i sleep with my patients you probably shouldn't is it very difficult not to um are you kidding have you seen you look at your body all (laughs) battle hewn her fingers show me right where the back of my neck the dense fiber she likes best over my shoulders and down my arms the rigid muscle and keen grooves I feel her eyes on my skin hungrily chasing her delicate touch across every inch even as the water continues to run pinkish red the blood still spurts, spills and spurts stripping down my body and now hers more like a battlefield, I say mournfully. Well, that too, don't worry, I'll fix you up. She smiles warmly up at me, her eyes filled with compassion, love, as she stands before me, her big nipples pressed against my abdomen, her chin angled so that she can see all the way into my eyes. I'm no warrior, I tell her, encircling her in my arms and melding her to me. No soldier, no saint, I know that. She reaches around me to lather soap up, then down my back then all the way to the crevice between my butt cheeks. You are thorough, ma'am. Laramie <laughs> slides down to her knees. She washes my feet, my calves. She takes her time on my thighs, then in between them. My fingers itch with the urge to take her by the back of her head and pull her to me, shoving my thickness into her mouth as far as she can take it. I bite down on a filthy word, schooling my hands around the back, the back of my own head. The two, of the two of us, I'd swear Laramie is the killer right now torturously sluicing soap on my erection and then working the lather into my sack god almighty my need for her is climbing towards a fever pitch laramie just a sec almost done she rubs her palms up and down my arousal until i'm rinsed squeaky clean then presses a soft stolen kiss right on the head fuck that was sweet do you think you can handle conditioner she stands back up if it'll keep you in here with me you can douse me with fire for all i care i wouldn't do that She already has, though. My heart is drilling lava into every one of my pores, into my cells, into my soul. She squeezes Pantene into her palm and reaches up, pressing her succulent body against me, and works the conditioner into the ends of my hair. Sweet Christ, she is all-consuming. I'm in some kind of heaven that's actually hell, or hell that is heaven, same damn difference. In another life, I could take more, everything. Laramie would truly be mine, in every possible way, forever. Oh, so beautiful. Hello, mm. so beautiful. <laughs> and I just want to jump down a little bit more. Sure. I wrap my arm, arms around her mid-lather and drop my head to her neck. I have to tell you something, Angel. Tell me. I nip her sensitive skin with my lips, coaxing, coaxing a dulcet moan from the back of her throat. I drag my lips across her cheek to her lush mouth, hovering over it for a few heavy, panting breaths. I shouldn't, though. My voice comes out broken, hoarse. Maybe you should she raps needfully. We hold steady and breathe in each other a slow, a a low slow rumble takes place in my chest. She lolls her head back offering her mouth and this time I can't say no. I dip my mouth and take a long slow pull of her of her lips that drowns me in a torrent of mad desire. She pulls in a shaky breath as we break apart. You kissed me Laramie simpers. Oh, fuck. What have I done? I was like, holy shit. <laughs> he kissed her. He kissed her. <laughs> and it's so taboo that they kiss.
0: Yes, because that is forbidden between them up until you know this point.
1: Yeah. And like this kiss, there's like a moment now where they're like, they, I, I just got to do this other kiss. They have like a second kiss. Our mouths draw together again as if by electric current and we hover like magnets for a breath, then launch into a deep and ferocious wet kiss. I sink my tongue in her pliant mouth and lave it across her as drinking her in. She moans her approval into my mouth, clenching her thighs and pushing her sex closer, closer, grinding against me vigorously. Hello. Hello. I mean, it's absolutely (laughs) extraordinary. I'm like, your writing is so amazingly good
0: oh my gosh thank you
1: and the the scene is like wait what it's like so it is there are moments that are so dirty so so dirty yeah
0: (laughs) and some language that i you know and some language that would not not say (laughs) like like words that have never actually come out of my mouth
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean like because she's she okay she ends up giving him oral sex in the shower yeah and it is like his orgasm is actually like w- like wild like it's messy it's messy it is messy <laughs> it is messy and it's like oh my okay I gotta read that part I gotta read that part okay, she- <laughs> sending hot vibrations of ecstasy into my sex the pleasure blasts through my nerve endings killing me in acute angry fashion I fucking lose it I groan and groan as semen springs from the tip and hits the back of her throat. My balls twist up. Oh my fuck, I can't stop cum- stop coming. My ivory spill overflows from Larry Laramie's mouth, drizzling down her chin and neck and spattering her thighs. It is messy. <laughs> but it is so sexy. <laughs> And, like, when you think about it, like, they're in the shower and there's, like, a little bit, like, at the end of this scene where you sort of talk about that, like, the, like the water going down the drain is just semen and blood and sweat. Yeah. And I was, yeah. like, this is so fucking dirty. Yeah, like, yeah. but, like yeah but like dirty like literally dirty
0: like (laughs) like actually dirty you know early in my writing career um i read this piece of advice about um like what makes this a sex scene sexy Mm -hmm. um and this prolific romance author said something like at the end it was very good advice And then at the end she said easy on the bodily fluids and i was like no that's no fun (laughs) so so I did not go easy
1: so I'm curious because you said this was a departure because you're like I'm writing somebody else's world I can have a look how did the readers respond they really really loved it
0: there were a few that said um you know this was a little too over the top um I've always written a little bit over the top um because that's I with short stories (laughs) I think it seems that that audience enjoys things to be a little more, you know, fantasy. Okay. Not fantasy like the genre fantasy, but, you know. Like an erotic fantasy. Or yes, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or even relationship fantasies. You know, you fantasize about a conversation that you might have with somebody, and it might just be so honest that it's unreal. Right. Um, and so I've, I've always written a little bit over the top. So I went way over the top with this one. Um, and I knew... You know, one of the requirements of the series was he had to be a hitman. So he murders people. Um, (laughs) There's no getting around that. Um, So I kind of justified it by I'm writing about a guy that murders people. Some of my readers are not going to like this. Right. So they're probably not going to read it. (laughs) Um, And if I write all this other, you know, if I write everything else kind of over the top, and less sweet um than what i had normally written up to that point um i don't i don't think it's gonna make a big difference um so i kind of was like i'm just gonna write it for me um and and see where it lands um and some readers were like, you know, and a lot of the reviews say this is different than your typical, this is not typical <laughs> Lex. And it is a little bit longer than my other shorts stories. just a little bit longer. Um, and, and then some, some people, this was their first time reading a Taren Lex book. So I kind of felt like, well, if you read that one and then read the other ones, you might, you might be disappointed the other way <laughs> um, because they're not all, they're not all like that. Um, but it did I got enough positive feedback and it's still a year later one of my best selling stories out of a hundred. Um oh, so, so you
1: had me at Hitman, like seriously, yeah. I was like, I could read that.
0: So it almost, you know, the the feedback was not a hundred percent positive, but if it never st- is. If your story is a hundred percent positive feedback, you're not challenging yourself. Right. Um so I think um that sort of gave me permission to write more what I want to write and if the readers like it they like it and if they don't there's 99 other stories Try right one right there's
1: so many other like there's yeah. if that's not your jam there's another one that's like right like keep just looking down the book list like you'll find yes. something for you yeah and um, there is
0: there's a major trigger warning at the beginning of this book and in the in the description you know readers know going into this one that it's not it's not like the others
1: right um right
0: and some of them skipped it and i was like you know that's great you know you know you um skip it if you feel like you are going to want to skip it please um because i don't want to hurt anybody
1: with a short do you are you like are you like okay i know i need to have three three sex i need to have three steamy scenes like, is there something like that, or are you really sort of like going where this like it, it's really dictated by the story, or do you know you need to have X amount of scenes to make the? Reader I always,
0: happy? I like to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have to have one, of course, because they're right. steamy, um, and there might be a an almost encounter,
1: um,
0: okay. but there might not. It might all mm-hmm. just be sort of this straight sort of diagonal. But linear line where the steam just increases until the end. Okay. Um, sometimes it's a little more up and down. Um, so I don't, I don't give myself those kinds of parameters. Really, okay. um, I just before I write it, I do plot these out. Um, otherwise, there's no, there's really no room for them to kind of take on a life of their own.
1: Right, you know? you, you need to be pretty tight with what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly,
0: and some, you know, I like to. I would prefer to have like an almost scene or a steamy scene and then a steamier scene or a steamier scene and then a little more steam at the end um just there's never too much right right
1: (laughs) but it always has to be obviously in service to the story that you're telling absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah Cool. So you are releasing, you're a book releasing Dynamo. So I imagine if I, I feel like even saying like what's coming up for you and like these obviously like sort of go out a little bit like later than when we record. So I kind of almost feel like you're going to be like, you know, you'll have hit your hundred by the time this comes out. Maybe almost, maybe. (laughs) So, I mean, where's the best place for readers to connect with you on online? Oh, um,
0: I'm on Instagram a lot. It's just at Taryn Lex.
1: Okay.
0: Um, uh, my website is Tarynlex.com.
1: Perfect. And I will I, have this in the show notes. Do you have other places yeah. that you hang out online or those? are I both? have a Facebook reader group, oh. um, that I'm fairly active in.
0: And I think it's just Facebook.com slash Lex readers.
1: Okay, cool. I can, I, I, and I'm sure you have like links also on your website too. Oh yeah. Um, links are all over the place. Perfect. Do you do TikTok at all? That's been like my obsession. I
0: don't because I think I am going to obsess over it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to, but I see every time I see other authors and they're so creative, Yeah, they're so clever with their TikTok videos. I'm like,
1: can I be that creative? I know. And some (laughs) of the ones doing all these like wild special effects. And I'm like, I don't even know how to put my book cover up there.
0: <laughs> I just recently in like the last month or two learned how to do a reel like on Instagram. Okay. Okay. And, oh, I love doing them, but it will take me I will obsess over it and make it perfect for like all
1: that, like the whole afternoon. Yeah. It's it's um, yeah, and it's hard it's hard not to like cuz I know a lot of people are like just throw it up. It doesn't have to be perfect and I'm like no, it does. It has to be perfect. I know. Yeah, it's it's hard to let that go and be okay with it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taryn, thank you so much for doing this. It was so great to talk to you about this. Thank you, Elle. This was so much fun. Thank and,
0: you so much for having me.
1: Oh my God. Yes. And we'll have to do an IG live. Oh. With LB. I think that would be super fun. Yay. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Cool. Thank you. Woo <laughs> woo. Thank you so, so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> bye bye.
1: I love the idea of writing super short novelettes, but I don't think I have the discipline to pull it off. Taryn's book, Wanted by the Hitman, is super, super sexy and highly recommend reading it if you'd like an intro to the short form. I really enjoyed it and I kind of liked the speedy read especially right now when my time is really really tight and I'm kind of struggling to find time to sit down and read a full book I mean I'm going to be honest with you I'm like reading before bed and I'm falling asleep because I'm so exhausted at the end of the day so um having just a shorty is kind of nice you can just kind of like breeze through it and boom you got your story so go check her out Thanks so much for listening, um, since we're in the thick of the Holly, uh, Holly, Hollywood season. It's not the Hollywood season, it's the holiday season. Um, it's always the Hollywood season over here in LA Rockstar Land. Um, anyway, since we're in the thick of it, I might put new episodes on hold till the new year since y'all will be too busy to listen, but I might pop in for a sweet holiday treat, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. In the meantime, please head on over to iTunes and share a five-star rating for this podcast. Like books, rating and reviewing helps other romance lovers and naughty bits lovers discover it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.